I hope you're all feeling well and uh, hope you're feeling rested, your body's well. I, I know that sometimes the first night of a retreat is uh, it's, you're getting used to a new place and so um, so if you do feel that your body is tired, um, you, know, you can take some time to rest today and you know, like during during the uh, during the unscheduled times, like perhaps after lunch, you might want to take a rest if you're tired. And if your energy is good, then um, you know, walk and enjoy this. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. Um, so last night I. I began giving some instruction in meditation, um, <clears throat> talking about the uh, the practice of samatha, tr- tranquility meditation. So I'm going to review that a little bit, and then uh, talk about vipassana meditation. So these these meditations are on a spectrum, and there are you know other forms as well as vipassana, but we're really going to be focusing on on those uh, two practices, and um, and so uh, they're really it's it's uh, they're not it's not like they're two different practices, but they are kind of a um, they they evolve, uh, and I, I I hope you'll understand that um, when I after I give some some more instruction. So what I said last night about samatha uh, is that um, our minds habitually are very uh, driven, um, driven by um, you know forces of uh, you know anxiety and um, wanting, um, and of course you know our minds are also there are other principles that are present in our minds. We have. Other intentions we might have very positive intentions to to uh, to do some beneficial work to love to be kind and generous and um, and those also uh, organize uh, our activities and and our behaviors so and I think that uh, it's safe to say that you know you probably wouldn't be here uh, unless there was some really uh, a, a lot of very uh, positive and and um, beneficial intentions and and you know organi- organizing principles in your minds uh, to um, to become more free to become more kind and so on in your lives and non-reactive. So um, so we don't tend to you know we we will talk about cultivating you know what's what's beneficial and and uh, and loving and, and kind uh, within our being, as well as um, looking at what's creating suffering. But you know, in in the in the focus of the teaching that the Buddha gave was, you know, to look at our suffering and and to recognize that um, we can become free of it. To so, which is actually a pretty positive message, but. Um, but we do begin by talking a lot about well, what what 
what is causing the suffering and what are those habits of mind that create um, you know reactivity and um, uh, and all kinds of you know thing causing us to say and do things in our lives that just perpetuate um, conflict and and uh, unhappiness for ourselves and others so um, so so when we're practiced to so to go back to samatha practice um, when we go back when we when we sit down and so the instruction is you know um, feel the breath I uh, just feel the breath and 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 then we discover that well it's 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 a, in principle the the idea is simple, but it's not a it's not an easy practice. So simple, but not easy, as they say. And why is it not easy? Because the mind is driven. Because it's not. We may we may say, well, I'm you know have this intention, so I'm going to really focus my attention on just being present. Like coming to the present moment and feeling my breath, and um, and then, you know, a moment later, uh, the mind is off somewhere. So, <clears throat> so this this practice of just um, coming home and resting in the meditation object uh, of the breath. Or, as I mentioned last night, it could also be just feeling the body, uh, hearing sound. Um, so, but but choosing a simple meditation object, a single meditation object, to come home to. That's it's your resting place. Um, it helps us to develop the very skillful habit of letting go. Another word for for letting go is renunciation. Sometimes the word renunciation sounds um, you know like it's something absolute um, that you know monks and nuns are called renunciates because they have given up the way of life of, you know, uh, the lay person living in the world and they're, they're living a very kind of focused practice of dedicating themselves full time <coughs> to practice, uh, to meditation and, and Dharma practice. But, um, but actually, even for monks and nuns, you know, renunciation is done in, in each moment. Um, it's just a letting go. It's not something that, you know, I mean, they may make a large intention to live <coughs> in a, a certain lifestyle, but but in, it's in, it's actually in each moment, just as it is for anyone who's practicing this practice. It's letting go of the drama that is happening in the mind, letting go of the... Um, the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves, about others, and coming to be present in this moment of our experience. 
So whatever this moment may be, um, a moment of breath, a moment of feeling ourselves sitting in the chair, a moment of feeling judgmental, uh, a moment of feeling um, not sure, uncertain. But, you know, as I was saying, for the samatha practice, we're coming back to a particular object, coming back to the breath, or another object, if you're choosing another object. But, but uh, I'll, I'll just talk about the breath. So we're cultivating that very skillful ability to, to recognize that whatever's happening in our minds are thoughts. And, and we may not have, um, you know, originated, like we didn't necessarily think, well, right now I'm going to think about, you know, the problems I'm having at work or, or the, you know, the conflicts that I'm having with my kids or, you know, whoever. Uh, these things pop into our minds, right? We're not necessarily summoning them forth. But then there's a certain energy that we, we give it by continuing to give our attention to it. And so, so we, we can make that skillful choice to... Um, redirect that energy of attention to something that's just neutral and present in the present moment. So, so, so last night I said it becomes our home base. It becomes our a place of rest, a place of ease. So it's a place to just find. Um, just, you know, uh, to collect ourselves, to collect the attention and just be in the present moment with the breath. And, and so in the beginning of, of our samatha practice, we're just, we're kind of just aiming our attention at the breath. We kind of, this, so there's a thought, there's a drama, there's a planning, mind, remembering something, fantasy, a recognition, uh, and then, and then, you know, it takes commitment, right? It takes commitment to say, uh, yeah, right now, I'm, I'm going to come back to the breath. So, so there's that kind of overriding commitment that, that supports the practice. And, and then we feel the breath. So, when we are when we're practicing with the breath or you know or the body it's not just that we're thinking about the breath or or imaging the breath it's very tactile you know like it's feeling the breath so in the belly in the in the chest area or in the nostrils feeling the breath And so, you know, we, we start by just kind of aiming our attention at the breath. So there's, there's a, a real focus on removing attention from whatever we're 
lost in, caught up in, gotten hooked by, and then replacing it the breath. And then we learn that there's also a sustaining of our attention on the whole breath. The whole, in the, in the text, it's called the whole body of the breath, the whole breath body. And, and that, that's the whole duration of the breath. So feeling, not just connecting with the breath with our attention, but feeling the breath, the beginning of the breath, the middle of the breath, and the end of the breath. So I'd like you to just take a minute now and, and for one breath, just feel, see, just feel the whole in-breath and then the pause at the in-breath, the whole out-breath, and the pause at the, in, at the out-breath. But just sustaining your attention along that whole process. And another. Now, you don't need to compare one breath to another, but there are differences in each breath. You know, there's different, different, different textures. One breath might be a little deeper, a little longer, a little shorter. So each breath is different. As, as our um, capacity to, to be with the breath, to rest with the mind with the breath, to allow, as the mind kind of settles into this practice, you may experience a, a sense of just your attention, your, your awareness, kind of sinking into the breath. It's almost like a sponge. It's saturated with water. And so your attention kind of, it's, it's not only resting on the surface of the breath, but it's kind of sinking into the breath. So, um, so that's something that may evolve as you do the practice. And there's quite a lovely experience as the mind it's a development of the mind. So this is, you know, it, this is a practice that's a development of the mind, a development of the mind's capacity to stay with the object of meditation. So we all have the capacity to concentrate. Um, and um, and this, this kind of meditation is sometimes called concentration meditation. But I, I prefer it. Really, samatha means tranquility, and it's it's more the sense of resting. Uh, but but we all but but there is a factor of concentration in this, and and we all have the capacity to concentrate. Um, the difference between just meditation and concent, concentration. The Buddha used the, an example of you know a, a thief. You know, who's um, kind of trying to pick a lock 
to steal something. Well, the, the motivation for the concentration is is very unskillful, right? It's very harm harmful. It's greed. It's you know, it, it's uh, it has a, it's harming the other person by taking something that doesn't belong to him or her, and um, and so so uh, you know, I like you know, I've noticed how my mind can can really get concentrated when there's an object of desire, you know, that you know, oh, I want something. I decide, oh, I need something. You know, I, I use the word need, but it's really want right so um, I uh, I noticed this um, uh, I got I got married um, uh, 16 years ago and uh, and I, I I noticed at some point how focused my mind was around you know all the things that you know I wanted to get and I wanted to make happen and you know, so so I said, "Wow, my mind is really concentrated on all of these things that I want." You know, and uh, but it was a kind of driven. You know, the mind was very focused. It was driven. It was very driven. Well, it's that's a different kind of concentration than the capacity to be steady and stable and present in the moment on just a simple object like the breath, you know, because the breath is a neutral object. As I said last night, you know, we're not going to get all excited about, I can't wait till this next breath. It's it's really going to be a good one. Uh, So so this is a neutral object. And, And the beauty of this is that it simply brings us into presence because... Uh, we are attentive and and feeling the breath, and there's a there's this quality. It's we're not getting drawn into um, you know greed or aversion or resistance around it. It's just it brings us into presence. There's a beautiful image that um, a teacher named Ajahn Chah used to describe this quality of settling. And uh, and this will kind of kind of help help us to move into a little discussion about the next phase of meditation, um, how samatha moves into vipassana. <coughs> he talked about um, sitting at a still forest pond and just being very quiet, and um, and that's the image of the samatha practice, just the stillness, the stability, the quietness, the mind, um, you know, begins to collect. It's not so, you know, helter-skelter, monkey mind, grabbing this, that. that even, even if it's, and it's, you know, as I say, this is a development of the mind, so it, it's, it, it doesn't necessarily happen just like that. But we might have... a a couple of breaths where we just the mind kind of rests and and even if you know there are some thoughts we're not getting hooked by them you know we're saying oh there's a thought you know a cloud floating by 
thought. And there's a kind of a, a steadiness and stability with the breath. So going back to the pond, uh, Ashan Chah said that, you know, as, as we sit very quiet, very still, um, some of the animals begin to come out of the woods because they don't feel threatened by our presence. So uh, might, you know, you might have uh, some of the, you know, quiet animals. You might have a deer. You might have a rabbit. They come and drink at the pond. Some of the more fierce animals might come as well. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the lions and the tigers. And, and then maybe some really uh, kind of mysterious animals that you've never seen before, like, a dragon or a unicorn, some kind of uh, magical creatures that you've never seen before. And so uh, so the, the connection to this is as our mind becomes a bit more quiet, um, things that we've been running away from in our lives uh, may come up. So I mentioned last night about how a retreat is not an escape. Um, we're, we carry within our, our minds, our bodies, uh, we carry our lives. And, um, and so it's not unusual for you know, um, a grief to come up or, you know, a sadness uh, or a, an old uh, a sense of a wounded an old wound and that can happen in in our meditation as the mind becomes quiet as we are letting go in our in coming here on retreat we're letting go of all our habits of distracting ourselves um, and you know the drivenness of our lives you know, always going here and there and always busy, 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 just settling, being quiet. We're listening. We're bringing an attitude of listening. And that's, that's, that's really an act of kindness for ourselves to bring this, this quality of listening to, well, what am I carrying? You know, what's here? What's in my heart? What's, what am I carrying in my body? And um, it also could be, you know, a lot of gratitude can come up. That also happens. Like, you know, wow, I have so many blessings in my life. I'm so fortunate. Um, and I haven't really been appreciating how full and rich my life is. So these things also can come up. And so, so in... Uh, in Vipassana practice, when the mind has the stability to, to, um, to stay with a meditation object, in Vipassana practice, we, if, if something comes up for us, um, it, could be, it could be a present moment experience, like like a, a sensation, maybe there's some soreness in the knee, 
Um, and so, so you're feeling that with some intensity, and it's bringing your attention away from the breath. And so you may turn toward that sensation in the knee and see, uh, and just bring this quality <coughs> of, uh, you know, mindfulness to it. So mindfulness, present moment awareness, not judging, not resisting, not wanting to fix it or change it. So that's uh, that's quality of mindfulness, just awareness, openness, and and as we bring mindfulness to, say, the soreness in the knee, you know, we we actually move right into it with our awareness, and we see, uh, well, it's not something solid. It's not just soreness. It's it's a whole it's a whole cluster of sensations moving and changing. So maybe there's a, a kind of a a tenderness inside, and maybe there's a bit of sharp sensation somewhere, and and now it's shifted, and maybe it feels a bit of throbbing or warmth. So as we bring this quality of mindful investigation to a simple experience like feeling the soreness in a knee, we can uh, recognize that it's actually a process. And so that's the um, that's sort of where we move to with Vipassana practice. That we begin to recognize that our experiences are really processes. They're not solid things. Um, they, they arise on their own and, uh, and they, they move. They move through us. Just like a little crowd of kids. (laughs) (laughs) Moving through our experience. Here they come, there they go. (laughs) And, uh, And so we can bring this quality of exploration, mindful investigation, mindful exploration to, to anything that kind of hooks our attention. So, so the foundation is to develop the stability of mind, to stay with an experience long enough to bring this mindful investigation to it and see its nature, see, its, see into its nature. And and then the exploration is when we are pulled from that practice of just the mind being steady and stable. Uh, and of course, that's, as I said, doesn't it's something that develops. It might just be one breath, two breaths, and then the mind gets hooked. Come back and rest. And then 
when, and then and then we begin when we when we have developed that capacity to a certain extent so that you know we do have a few breaths a minute two minutes of steadiness of you know just the mind resting in the breath and then we may actually begin our process of investigating, well, what is this pulling my attention away? So, so say, to move into a bit more complex example than just a sore knee, maybe a memory comes up. You know, maybe something happened um, at work or in your family and, and you're carrying it uh, as a, a a kind of a hurt or an anger or a um, uh, a loss, um, and so so in our practice, especially in this embodied uh, practice that we're that we're doing here um, in this this retreat focusing on mindfulness in the body. And I teach this as an approach all the time. It's not just on a mindfulness in the body retreat. Taking our attention from the story that's going around and around our head about she said this and he did that and I, next time I'm going to do that and all of the all of the, the story, the drama, you know, um, the, the sense of feeling, you know, overlooked and, or uncared for, or all of these sticky things that we feel. And we all feel this. So, you know, it's so human uh, to, to get into these kinds of, um, you know, web, get caught up in this web. Of, uh, of self it's, it's a way that we create a, a sense of ourselves a self that, that, that's either not good enough or is, doesn't fit in or doesn't, isn't wanted and um, so rather than getting just going on and on and on in the story which is never ending never ending we can problem solve forever <laughs> Um, we bring our investigation to the body. And so we can ask ourselves, where do I feel this in the body? This whole story about, you know, what she did or what he didn't do or, you know, or what what I did or what I'm not good enough at. This whole story... Where am I holding this in the body? How, how, how am I feeling this in the body? So it may be as a contraction in the heart. It may be as a, a feeling in the jaw. There's this uh, woman in my sitting group uh, that I have in Montreal and um, she made a very simple observation after the sitting uh, 
recently, and she said, you know, I notice that when I notice that my mind is going off in some, you know, kind of on some tangent, getting, you know, pulled off, and then I feel my jaw is clenched. I thought, that's, uh, that's a great observation. It's really great. So then we may notice just in our sitting that our jaw is clenched. We might notice it in the body first. We might notice it in our daily life. Our jaw is clenched. And then our body can, you know, kind of point to the mind. So, but to work with it in the body is just uh, to investigate so there's this clenching of the jaw. There's this contraction of the heart. And what happens when I bring mindful awareness to it? So what usually happens when we bring mindful awareness to it because mindfulness is not caught up in a story it's not caught up it's not trying to fix anything it's not trying to grasp anything it's not trying to push anything away it has this quality of openness and acceptance of what is it's just we find that there's a bit of a release perhaps it may not be release but it's just a bit of a release and that we can be with it whatever that whatever that feeling is you know whether it's sadness or hurt or or resentment that we can be with it in the body and so the body and I'm going to talk more about this this afternoon the body can be our place uh, in which we are um, experiencing all of the ex- the the flow, the uh, um, the mental states, the the sense of being caught, or whatever it is that that's going on. The body gives us a space to be present with it with compassion acceptance and to see you know that it's not something that's permanent it's not something solid because as we can just be with it and feel it in the body we see that yeah just bringing that mindfulness to it well it opens up a little and maybe it shifts maybe it you know, maybe the, the sense of contraction in the in the chest. Um, then I feel something else in the belly, and maybe then that moves into uh, kind of radiates into something that becomes more subtle. So it moves through us. We see how we see how these mind states are embodied and that they when we give them the space of mindful awareness they can move through us
So it begins with a neutral object. So say the breath, or it could be sound, or it could be the flow sensation in the body. Learning to stabilize our attention in that present moment experience. So that that skill of letting go, that learning to recognize that this is this drama is the story. You know, I'm feeding it with my energy by giving it attention, more and more attention, believing in it. Uh, so I'm going to just redirect, come back to the breath, rest in the breath, rest, find that that quality of ease in the body, in the breath. And then as that is established to a certain extent, and, you know, it's not we're not talking about perfection, because that's established. Then these creatures come out of the forest, you know. So maybe it's the fear, maybe it's the loneliness, maybe it's the uh, sense of I'm not good enough, um, or anxiety about... whatever we feel anxious about. And we recognize that we can be with that in the body. And that being with it in the body allows it to move. Bringing that quality of mindfulness to it. Because when we're holding on to the story and feeding the story, we're tending to hold on to it in the body. So we're grasping it in the body. So that's an important piece. You know, by giving it our attention, more and more thinking, 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 believing the story, you know, the story of, you know, nobody wants me, I'm not good enough, or, or you know, whatever our story is you know we're we're at the same time we're holding it in the body and when we can just be present with it in the body it just invites it to to open a little bit to begin to move to begin to shift um, So, um, I'd like to just check in with you and see if there's anything that uh, about what I've said that f- feels a little unclear or you'd like to ask a question about. Um, or, um, uh, yeah. A word for renunciation sounds a little bit to me like rejection but is there a can you make maybe a mm-hmm. distinction mm-hmm. thank you that's a really beautiful question um, so uh, so renunciation comes from compassion 
for ourselves because it comes from the recognition that's suffering you know that's that's really creating suffering for myself that that's the direction of more suffering and so i'm not going to pursue that anymore you know rejection but but actually we're not rejecting it because we're turning our attention to it so in the samatha practice there that renunciation is expressed by a letting go you know and coming to the breath which is developing the mind it's a training for the mind to develop the capacity to then begin to investigate and explore what is the nature of this suffering so so people can spend a lot of time developing their you know like you can people go can go very deep into um the practice of you know just um meditating on the breath or on a particular object and developing this collectedness of mind and stability of mind or concentration <coughs> absorption is a word that's used and so people can can really go very deeply into that um the, the teachings are clear that although that can develop the mind and it's they're very wholesome practices and very beautiful practices they're ultimately not liberating practices uh in which we see through the nature of what are these habits of mind that create suffering so so it's we're not rejecting it because um because the the rejection you know would just be uh creating a division a sense of you know kind of splitting ourselves somehow from you know something that's coming up you know so it's not we don't want to reject you know grief or reject anger you know we we want to understand the nature of it and by understanding you know seeing not understanding intellectually but you know really seeing the nature of it 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 shifts our relationship with it so that it doesn't have the same power we may feel angry we may feel um jealous we may feel you know grasping and then we recognize it and we can let it move through us and and see you know well that's not it's not something that i i need to get hooked by you know it can, it will move through me if i don't hold on to it. so it's um so the renunciation is in the service of you know developing this capacity of mind yeah thank you for that question um sometimes when the you know a thought and we experience it in the body it can be pretty intense and it can be fairly unpleasant Um so just do you have some 
just ways of working with the intense, sometimes the intense feelings of anxiety or sadness or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't like unpleasant experiences, right? Uh, and we want pleasant experiences. And, uh, and the drivenness of our lives comes from this. That we want, we don't want to feel anger or anxiety. And we want to feel um, comfortable and at ease. So, in a way, the samatha meditation gives us a way to experience this it's a, it's a kind of a well it is it's a it's a spiritual pleasant experience so the buddha talked about you know the difference between spiritual he called non-worldly and worldly feelings and so so the samatha meditation actually is it's a beautiful you know, quality of of rest and peace and ease. Um, and so it nourishes us and enables us, uh, and, and we find the courage uh, and compassion to learn to be present with our our difficult and challenging feelings. Um, it is it is unpleasant um, to experience grief and to feel it in the body. It's it's very difficult. Um, so so this it does really call for us to 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 be uh, courageous. And what we discover is that we can do it. Um, and that's really such an important discovery to to realize I actually can be with this grief I can be with this anger you know uh, I can and 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 feeling it knowing it in the body is um, uh is a way in which we can we can know it as kind of its energetic presence in the body um, and and we don't get kind of lost in the whole story of it so it might be that um, you know I <coughs> about about eight years ago <coughs> I, ex- I experienced the, uh, the death of somebody who I was very close to and it was totally unexpected. And, um, and I remember just, you know, just sitting and feeling my heart breaking. So my heart felt like it was breaking. You know, uh, there was so much, uh, you know, pain in the heart. And I 
I couldn't, you know, I found that that's really all I could do. I, I mean, I was in a, a kind of a, a, a situational depression, or I think that's the expression. I got, you know, I wanted to go and work in the garden. I couldn't. I just ended up sitting on the back porch um, and looking at the weeds grow. <laughs> uh, not even noticing that the weeds were growing, just feeling in my heart. And and then and then I began to notice over time, days, weeks, that there was some spaces like the grief wasn't always so intense. You know, like oh, there would be little openings, little spaces that would happen, um, and then maybe. Later, you know, oh, there was some quality of peace, maybe some joy that would come. You know, I remember uh, one of my first meditation retreats, uh, Vipassana retreats. I was, um, my son had gone on a trip, and, uh, uh, you know, he was just like 17, and, you know, and he was supposed to get back to me before I went on retreat and check in and just reassure me he was okay. And of course, he didn't. Um, and uh, and so I just, I as I was going into the hall, I just stopped one of the teachers and said, I don't know if I can do this. I'm just in such a state of fear because I'm so worried. And she was so kind. And she said, just be with the fear and and observe it. And notice that it's not it's not solid, that that actually, you know, there's an intensity to it, but then maybe there's some spaces. Find the spaces, notice the spaces. And and we can also be present in the spaces. So um, so when we make that compassionate and courageous decision to be with our Experience our inner experience in the body. Um, you know, we we gain the wisdom and the equanimity that comes from wisdom to to realize that we can be with that. You know, that flow of experience. So, so let's take this is the ten minutes. We'll just take ten minutes to uh, sit and to really cultivate first of all this practice of steadiness of mind Thank <laughs> you.